We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's Friday, and Sunday's a coming. And what does Sunday mean? Metaphorically, I would argue that Sunday means that we as a people find ourselves in a place where there's a bigger standard than ourselves, that there is a higher truth than your opinion, and that we are obligated to come together and pursue that truth with a capital T, ultimately, that's given by God. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Well, as I said in the introduction, I'd like this week's last show on Friday morning to be about the pursuit of truth. I'm using this analogy of it's Friday and Sunday's a-coming. Now, I'm not the first one who has said that. A variety of preachers over the years have crafted sermons around that concept. Often, it's in reference to Good Friday and the execution, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, but yet the promise that the way, the truth, and the life the Son of Man, the Son of God, the second person of the triune God, Jesus Christ, eternal God made incarnate in man so that he could suffer and die for our sins, but yet rises again on Sunday morning and proves everything that he said was true. That when he said, I am the great I am, when he said that he was equivalent to God, when he said that he was the exclusive, the only way unto the Father, when he said that he could forgive sins, everything he said in his short life here on earth, he proved in his resurrection. He proved his eternal existence. He proved that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that he was the Word with a capital W and truth with a capital T. It's Friday. We all live within the context of Friday. Every day in our earthly existence is a Friday, if you will. We have the brokenness. We have the dysfunction. We have the crisis. We have the sin of Friday. And we have to figure out how to navigate through those Fridays in our lives. But it's Friday, and Sundays are coming. And the beauty of what God has given us here on earth in our Fridays, if you will, is that we have the promise of resurrection, the promise of redemption, the promise of a true north in Sunday, and that we don't need to be too easily satisfied with our broken perspectives, our broken opinions, our broken feelings. Fridays are about brokenness, perspectives and feelings, emotions. Sunday is about facts, the eternal, immutable, ever-present fact that God is God and you are not, that we worship, should worship at least, the God we find in the Bible, not the one we see in the mirror, that our identity is in our Lord, not our libido, that we can be born again. We don't have to be satisfied with being born that way. 
This is the beauty of the gospel message, and this is the beauty of a worldview that allows us to engage in anything, whether it be political debate, whether it be conflict within a family, whether it be a financial crisis, whether it be a health issue. We deal with everything and anything within the context of this. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming, and your worldview changes. Your perspective changes. Reality becomes what it is. You don't live in a cloud of fear. You can be set free. You can be free indeed. Within the context of this, it's Friday, but Sunday is a coming. So on today's show, I want to use that perspective, that paradigm, that worldview that I just described to you, that worldview that doesn't, it's not fatalistic, it doesn't rest in, oh, what are we going to do, Uh, uh, wringing our hands, the the political situation in America is falling apart, it's unraveling. Uh, You've got conservatives like Everett Piper who dared to raise his hand and say, well, I don't think Donald Trump's the right guy. There might be a different option here. Or you have others that just relentlessly, doggedly double down and say, well, Joe Biden is the only solution. The Democrats obviously are better at governing than Republicans. Or you have people that are locked into a personality. The only salvation they see is Donald Trump. There's no other option, and anybody who speaks negatively about him is the enemy. All of these ideas, all over that continuum of radical progressivism, The Democrats, the squad, AOC, Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, Harris, the educational establishment, the political elite, the corporate elite, the oligarchs, this quest for one world government and control. None of what I just said is conspiracy theory, by the way. It's clear. It's evident in the news. That's one end of the continuum. The other end of the continuum right now seems to be locked in on personalities rather than principles. That if this one man, and at this point in time, it's Donald Trump, it could be somebody else tomorrow. But if this one man could just get elected, then all would be well. And anybody who dares to challenge our assumption, our our perspective, our position, that that one man, Donald Trump, is the solution to our problems, that person's a traitor to the to the cause of the people. Both of those extremes are very, very different in the United States. We rarely have been where we are before because we've always been a people of principles, not personalities. We've always been a government of self-evident truths. We've always been a nation that believes our freedoms, our seminal documents, our guiding ideas are endowed to us by our Creator and that government has no right to even pretend to give them or take them. That's who we are as a country. And today's show is on this Friday reality of our lives, but yet Sunday is a coming. And I'm going to talk about that in the context of political, moral, theological debate. I'll get onto the political scene a little bit more because it's so, so pervasive in our lives this week. The announcement of Donald Trump that he's running for the presidency, some people saying on the conservative side, that's not a good idea. Uh, we need a good, robust debate. We need to pursue the truth rather than just coronate a king. 
aggressive competitive primary would actually be good for us rather than bad. It's not going to divide us. At the end of days, if it's if we're adults, we can come together, rally around common principles, and push somebody forward in nomination that will guard those principles more effectively than someone else. Someone that has the potential of winning rather than losing. Somebody that has proven themselves in the market square of ideas to be more of a friend than a foe. All of this discussion we have politically, theologically, morally, logically, ontologically, epistemologically, the reality of where we are in our lives, all of this presumes that we're in a Friday reality, but Sunday's a coming and we pursue that holiday at the beach, to use C.S. Lewis's analogy. We pursue Sunday, a holiday, a Sabbath, as a refrain, a time where we can refresh ourselves, where we can rest in something better than you or me, something better than our fake, contrived images of what it means to be a person, to be a man or a woman, to be a boy or a girl. That Sunday is a special day because that's the day where we rest in the truth made flesh and dwelling among us. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. Uh, By the way, let's do a little housekeeping here before we get started with the second half of the show. If you like to follow the Rebellion, you can get any of the back issues, the episodes that are archived on my website. You can go to DrEverettPiper.com. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. One more time, that's DrEverettPiper.com. D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. That's my website. You go there, you'll see tabs on the menu bar. 
You can go to my podcasts, which is this radio show, this podcast, and you can gain access to any of the back issues. We're at uh, number, I think, 587 today. I think that's what this one is. So I encourage you to do that. And number one, you may enjoy listening to something a second time. Number two, if you copy links of those episodes and post them out there in your social media, that increases the listenership. And obviously, I'd be grateful if you consider doing that. You can go to Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and you can give the podcaster a rating. If you'd be gracious enough to consider giving it a high rating, maybe even a five-star rating, that bumps it up in listenership too. So that's one bit of housekeeping. Another bit is this. If you're interested in buying any of my books, on that website, it has a tab for books. So you can go get uh, copies of, well, you can't push, purchase them directly from my website. You click on the book and you'll see that you can purchase it at any of your online bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, or any of the other online bookstores. You can get Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, which is kind of the, 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 the idea of today's show. What happens when we abandon truth with a capital T? Uh, Sunday, when we walk away from Sunday, which is a representation of the ultimate truth. If we're not going to rest in the truth any longer, we're going to be in a perpetual Friday of conflict, exhaustion, personal opinions, false gods. So my book, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, it's not a daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. Consider buying it. And then the sequel to it is the second book there, and that's titled Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. I take on this false idolization of safety. I said recently in a speech I was giving up at Kansas City, or not Kansas City, in Kansas, excuse me. I think it was in the McPherson-Hutchinson area. I was speaking on behalf of a Christian school up there, a fundraiser. And I, it, while I was talking, I was on a roll, and I just said, you know, if one more person comes up to me and says, be safe, I'm going to strangle them. I'm tired of hearing this talk of safety as if it's our highest goal. Our, our, our most noble ambition in life is to be safe. No, it's not. Life isn't safe, but it's good. I'm playing off of C.S. Lewis there, as you know, where in the Chronicles of Narnia, he tells us that the great lion Aslan, the Christ figure of that children's series, Chronicles of Narnia. The great lion Aslan is not safe. Of course he's not safe, but he's good. Sunday isn't safe, but it's good. It's, it's a place to rest, but it's not a place to be safe because Sunday challenges you. Sunday refines you. Sunday pushes you to repentance, to confession, to restoration, to revival. That's what Sundays are for. When you rest in something bigger than yourself, you rest in a way that actually causes growth, not stagnation. It's Friday, but Sundays are coming. It's not about you. It's about God. It's not about your feelings. It's about the facts. Fridays are about feelings. Sundays are about facts. Fridays are, I would argue, about a quest for safety. Because Fridays are focused on the human rather than the divine. We want to be safe. Be safe. But Sundays are about freedom, not safety. A higher good, a higher ambition. 
to be set free in Christ, recognizing the paradox of discipline and freedom, liberty and law. That if you truly want to be free, you've got to rest within the reality of Christ, within God, within the confines, the fence posts of Christ, Scripture, truth, and wisdom, the four fence posts of the field of freedom. And that there's a there's a, a fence stretched between those posts. If you live in Oklahoma, if you live in ranch country, you understand this anal- analogy. The cattle are free to roam the property when the rancher sets up a fence around the property to keep the cattle from roaming off into the highway and other dangerous areas and getting hurt and killed or stolen. So Friday, humanly speaking, is a day of falling short being too easily satisfied with safety rather than freedom, feelings rather than facts, Uh, resentment, wrestling, rather than reformation, repentance, and rest. All right, so back to housekeeping. So you can get my books on my website, You can get access to all the back issues of the rebellion on that website. You can also schedule me to speak at your local church or political organization, event, whatnot. There's a tab there, Schedule Piper for Speaking. Okay? All right. So I want to share with you a frustration that I've had this past week wrestling with a week of Fridays. All right. I... I, uh, After the election, as you know, I covered it on a previous show, I said that I think it's a mistake for the Republican Party to fixate on Donald Trump as our only solution. I said it in a different way than that. I responded to his announcement that he's going to run for president again. Everybody anticipated it. I'm not surprised. But I think there are better better options right now. That is not... (laughs) That is not equivalent to being a never-Trumper. I've never been a never-Trumper. Never have been. As I've said on this show, a hundred times or more, thank him when he's right, criticize him when he's wrong. That's what we should do with all of our leaders. Donald Trump deserves to be thanked for a lot of the things that he did. Economic gain, prosperity, releasing our oil reserves, making us energy independent, doing something to control the borders. He wasn't perfect. We don't have a wall across the entire southern border, as we were told we would have. We've got only a small portion of that. But our policies were more of a wall, if you will, than they are now. Right now, there's nothing. We've had 5 million illegal immigrants flood across our southern border since Joe Biden assumed the presidency. This This is one of the greatest degradations of our nation that you could possibly think of. A nation without borders is a nation without definition, and a nation without definition is no nation at all. You can't be a nation if you aren't defined. There is no France if there is no border to France. There is no Spain if there is no border to Spain. If borders don't exist, then you've got some amalgamation of two nations that are disappearing. They're dying. They no longer exist. And whatever it is that's replacing them isn't Spain and isn't France. It's something different. And that's what's happening in the United States right now. If we don't have borders, what are we? Are we Amerimexicans? Are we Canadian Americans? What are we? Are we just North America? 
with no boundaries at all? What are we? Are we Central America with no boundaries at all? Are we not America because America is bad, PC, political correctness? We've got to get rid of all of that because that's a reflection of Eurocentrism. White supremacy, dead white males. Amerigo Vespucci, well, he was a bad dude, right? According to critical theory, so we can't call ourselves America anymore. We can't call ourselves united because there's nothing around which we can unite. It's all individualism. It's all selfishness. It's all perpetual navel-gazing. We're just staring at ourselves, our feelings. That's what matters. There's no unifying principle. Because we want to be a diverse group of people. We elevate diversity. We worship diversity above all else. We become a diversity rather than a university because diversity is our God. And universities, be damned, they need to be dead because they imply that there's a unifying truth around which we should all rally. You get my point? I hope you do. My point is, Fridays are about diversity. Sunday is about university, univerity, univerity. Verities, the unity around veritas, the unity around the truth. We're pursuing the truth, and on Sunday we celebrate the fact by resting in the truth as our protection. We can truly rest on Sunday because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's not about us defending ourselves, constructing walls, building boundaries. No, that's not what Sunday's about. Sunday is about recognizing that those walls are already defined. The house is already built. The country is the kingdom of Christ, Christ and his kingdom. As I said in a previous show, the previous prime minister of the Netherlands, Abraham Kuyper, said that essentially we should be reaching for a week of Sundays, that's what good government's about. That's what good politics are about. That's what good logic and good theology is about, is reaching for a week of Sundays to move beyond the Friday, recognize that Sundays are coming, and Sunday is about reclaiming every inch of creation for Christ and his kingdom. Abraham Kuyper, Abraham Kuyper the former prime minister of the Netherlands. There isn't one inch of all of creation over which Christ does not cry, mine. That's Abraham Kuyper. Keep politics out of religion? Really? And religion out of politics? No. That is not constitutional, people. The Constitution does not tell us to do that, nor did our founding fathers believe that. Over and over again, I've cited quotes to you from Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Rush, John Adams, all of them agreed with this statement from Adams, and that is, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to govern any other. It's a direct quote from Adams. The separation of church and state nonsense is nonsense. Yes, Jefferson did say that in his letter to the Danbury Baptists, but what was the point? The context was to reassure the Baptists who were writing to him. They were nervous that the government would intrude into their lives and take their religious freedom away, force them to be something other than Baptists. Try to tell them 
what kind of theology they had to embrace, had to bow to. And Jefferson said, no, no, we can't do that. The government cannot intrude into your church. It won't, it can't, the Constitution says so. That's what Jefferson said. He never said that the church cannot engage in government, cannot engage in the public square, the debate, politics. He never, he never suggested that. And in fact, all of the quotes from the early founding fathers tell us otherwise because they grounded our Constitution in a biblical worldview. They grounded it in prayer. Even Benjamin Franklin, everybody claims he wasn't a Christian, he was a deist. He's the one that stopped, stopped the discussion at the Continental Congress and said, we need to stop and pray. We need to bathe this whole debate in prayer. We haven't done so yet, and we need to do so now. And if God, who watches over every sparrow and knows if it falls or not, if he's that sovereign, which we believe he is, then surely he should be governing over this. Again, these are Piper paraphrases, but you know what I'm talking about. It's Friday, but Sunday's a coming, is what Benjamin Franklin was saying. We're functioning in Fridays here, guys, and we're going to fail. We're going to get exhausted. We haven't rested in the eternal truth, the truth made flesh and dwelling among us, the truth of God, the truth of Christ, and the truth of Scripture. Truth sets you free. Truth gives you rest. Truth will allow you to resolve conflict. Truth gives you peace of mind because it's grounded in the assumption that you confess before that truth your sins and you're cleansed and set free from them, from the guilt, from the argument, from the fight, from the resentment, from the revenge. Truth sets you free from all of that. Fixating on self, safety, your sexuality, whatever it is that you're gazing at constantly, endlessly, is nothing but a recipe for bondage. Because it's a lie. It's the ultimate lie. The biggest lie of our time, I would argue, is the lie of identity. It, we're so fixated on identities, our communities, our LGBTQIA, XYZ, PPZ, I mean, this is the kind of stuff we've come up with. We've created all of these just crazy identities, and every one of them is just a perpetuation of Friday. Selfishness, self-focus, immaturity, juvenile temper tantrums. I won't tolerate you because I can't tolerate your intolerance. I hate you because you're a hateful person. I know that your claim that you can know anything is just unknowable. I mean, this self-refuting nonsense, a dog chasing his tail, is just crazy talk. And it's exhausting, isn't it? Don't you feel exhausted? Whether it's the argument over Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, or if, the, if it's the argument over Democrats versus Republicans, or it's the argument over progressives versus classical liberals, conservatives versus everybody else. I mean, don't you feel exhausted? The reason you feel exhausted is we've lost focus. We've lost our true north. We, we've, we've got a million stars in the sky, and none of them is the north star, and we're just scattered, wandering after our favorite star. And that's not a recipe for freedom. It's a recipe for chaos. Radical diversity is chaos. It's, it's not a recipe for freedom. In The Great Divorce, C.S. Lewis talks about this radical chaos 
where everybody that is currently in hell is given an opportunity to get on a bus, literally. That's what he talks about in The Great Divorce. Everybody can get on a bus and ride to the gates of heaven. And it's their decision at that time as to whether or not they want to stay there, enter the gates, and worship the one true God. Pursue truth. Rest in the ultimate Sunday. And everybody on that bus, except one person, chooses to go back to hell and be masters of their own misery rather than servants of the one true God. They want to go back to hell and wander aimlessly, eternally, after their one in a million stars. And that one in a million stars is their own self, their own God, their own image. And it's ultimately loneliness and despair. They consume themselves, themselves, with themselves. They basically are self-cannibalizing their souls. So people, it may be Friday. It was a bad week in many ways. I don't care who you are, left, right, center. It's a bad week in many ways. But Sundays are coming, and Sunday is about the truth of Christ and the truth of Scripture and the freedom that we can only have in Him. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.